Beneath layers of earth, concrete, and classified documentation, there existed a facility known only to a few. Far removed from prying eyes, it was a labyrinth of tunnels, rooms filled with state-of-the-art technology, and secret chambers that held the core of human ambition. The soul of this underground sanctuary was a room marked with an insignia that was a blend of ancient symbols and mathematical equations, the seal of a new kind of alchemy. Inside this room stood the Tachyon Nexus, a colossal assemblage of machinery and computational power that hummed with a sublime energy, awaiting activation. A fusion of superconductors, quantum processes, and esoteric materials harvested from meteorites, the Nexus was nothing less than a marvel. It was designed to manipulate tachyons, hypothetical particles that moved faster than light and, theoretically, could traverse time. Consoles adorned the walls, streams of data flickering across their screens in cascades of luminescent numbers and graphs. A central platform held the Nexus, its core encased in a cylindrical chamber of transparent, ultra-resistant material. Wires and conduits snaked away from the machine-like veins and arteries, feeding into servers and terminals that processed the raw data generated by the contraption. The room was populated by the best and brightest minds, experts in fields as varied as quantum mechanics, theoretical physics, engineering, and computer science. These professionals had abandoned their previous lives, reputations, and even their names to join this secret endeavor. Each was driven by the same obsession, to crack the ultimate frontier, to rewrite the very laws of causality. After years of meticulous research, countless simulations, and ethical debates held in closed rooms, they were ready. Ethical concerns about the impact of meddling with time had been reluctantly set aside, and all potential risks, or so they believed, had been calculated and accounted for. For years they had worked in isolation, shielded from the world above and its petty distractions. They had become a community unto themselves, bound by the weight of a shared dream and the secrets that pressed upon them like the earth above. Now, at the threshold of making history, the atmosphere was thick with anticipation, excitement, and a tinge of apprehension. The moment had come to activate the Tachyon Nexus. Unbeknownst to them, they stood at the edge of a precipice that led not only into the past but also into the shadowy corridors of dimensions unknown. The button would be pushed, tachyons would be unleashed, and the fabric of reality would quiver at the audacity of human endeavor. They had no way of knowing that the groundbreaking experiment would not just rewrite the laws of time but also summon something that defied all understanding, triggering a cascade of events that would shake the very foundations of existence. The room was awash in a surreal glow, emitted by the countless LED indicators and monitor screens that surrounded the central platform. The humming of the cooling systems merged with the soft clatter of keyboards and the occasional beep from the consoles. It was as if the very air had thickened, molecules charged with the weight of imminent discovery. Engineers double-checked the connections, ensuring the labyrinth of wires, fiber optics, and coolant lines were flawlessly integrated. Physicists reviewed the equations one final time, their eyes scanning through strings of symbols and numbers that had taken a lifetime to understand. Meanwhile, computer scientists oversaw the sprawling network of servers, a digital brain powerful enough to perform quintillions of calculations per second. At the central platform, 
the eye of this technological storm, stood the Tachyon Nexus. Its cylindrical chamber began to glow softly, almost imperceptibly, as subatomic particles were carefully manipulated into alignment. The first stages of the initialization sequence had been initiated. Energy levels within the chamber started to rise, as monitored by the climbing graphs and figures on the displays. The sequence approached its culmination. The air seemed to crackle with static electricity. A key was turned, followed by a series of confirmations from various terminals around the room. All systems were go, the final command was entered, and the energy surge reached its peak. That's when it happened, a phenomenon that was utterly unplanned and inexplicable. Every electronic device on the planet, from the simplest mobile phone to the most sophisticated supercomputer, displayed the same message in unison, do not proceed. In that moment, the facility's atmosphere shifted dramatically. The surreal glow from the monitors seemed to turn an ominous shade, and the hum of the machinery sounded more like a growl. Faces that had been flushed with excitement now paled as they stared at the message, pondering its impossible implications. Yet, the machine was already in motion, the Tachyons were at the edge of being unleashed, and the weight of years of work bore down on them. Ignoring the message that had inexplicably appeared on every screen, the team collectively took the next irrevocable step. The activation button was pushed. The Tachyon Nexus roared to life as never before. The chamber glowed brighter, turning from a soft azure to a radiant white, almost too dazzling to look at directly. Streams of data flowed like molten gold across the monitors. Tachyons, these enigmatic particles, were finally being manipulated, and they vanished, hurtling backward through the tapestry of time. It was done. The threshold had been crossed. Yet, as they would soon discover, they had not just sent a message into the past. They had opened a door, and something was about to come through. The message that had flashed across every electronic device in the world hung like a spectre over the room. Do not proceed. It was as if the universe itself had paused to deliver a warning, a cosmic cautionary note that permeated the chamber's highly controlled atmosphere. For a moment, time seemed to stretch. The scientists and engineers exchanged uneasy glances, each hoping someone else would offer an explanation. But no one spoke. No words seemed adequate to address the enormity of what had just occurred. The air, already thick with anticipation, was now also dense with a different sort of energy, anxiety. In those instants, countless scenarios ran through their minds. Could it be a hack? A grandiose prank? A software glitch? Or something more? Something linked to the very experiment they were conducting? A realization began to dawn. The warning had appeared at the precise moment they had planned to send information into the past. The coincidences stacked too high to be mere chance. However, the weight of years of work and sacrifice bore heavily on their shoulders. The financial resources and human capital invested in this secret project were immense. The web of justifications began to weave itself almost automatically among them. Words like anomaly, coincidence, and glitch bubbled to the surface of their collective consciousness. The allure of the breakthrough they were chasing, the rewriting of scientific paradigms, the promise of endless possibilities, cast a powerful spell that eclipsed reason and caution. So, with a mixture of defiance and denial, 
they chose to override their doubts. A series of keystrokes were made, protocols were bypassed, and the system was reset. The Tachyon Nexus, after a brief moment of inactivity, resumed its operations. The chamber returned to its dazzling glow, even brighter than before, as if fueled by the audacity of the moment. They rationalized the decision with science, dismissing the message as a technical hiccup, and took the next irrevocable steps in their meticulously planned sequence. Energy levels within the chamber surged anew. The humming of machinery reached a crescendo, and once again, tachyons were deployed into the folds of time. This time, however, something else happened, an unintended consequence, a reaction to their action that no equation had predicted. They had ignored the warning, and now they were about to face the repercussions of their blind pursuit. The very fabric of reality quivered, and the air in the chamber seemed to thicken, as if resisting the forces about to be unleashed. As they watched, the area around the Tachyon Nexus began to warp and twist, the light bending in ways that defied understanding. What came next was beyond any science, any rationale. They had opened a door they could not close, inviting into their world something that existed beyond the bounds of their understanding. As the Tachyons vanished into the hidden crevices of time, the chamber housing the Tachyon Nexus itself seemed to react. It was as if the air had suddenly thickened, resisting the very photons that tried to traverse it. The ambient light warped, diverging into strange, oscillating patterns that bore no resemblance to the normal behavior of electromagnetic waves. Within the glowing chamber, a new spectacle unfolded. A localized distortion materialized, a fluctuating ripple in the air that was both captivating and disquieting. Its presence seemed impossible, yet there it was, hovering in the middle of the chamber, oscillating with an ever-changing array of colors that the human eye had never before perceived. They were colors without names, spectral hues that lay outside the known visual spectrum, almost as if they hailed from another dimension altogether. The room erupted into a symphony of alarms and flashing red lights. Senses, programmed to monitor every quantum vibration and electromagnetic fluctuation, were suddenly awash in data they could not interpret. The software algorithms designed to analyze potential anomalies were pushed to their limits, sending error messages and warnings in a desperate bid to attract human attention. Consoles flickered and glitched, struggling to process the cascade of incoming information. Charts and graphs plotted erratic movements that defied all known laws of physics. Streams of data on the monitors became incomprehensible, like a language suddenly foreign to its speakers. What was most perplexing was the spatial distortion itself. It was not merely a ripple in three-dimensional space. It was as if the very coordinates that defined up and down, left and right, forward and backward, had become unhinged. Space itself seemed to fold, twist, and undulate, rendering the calculations designed to measure such phenomena utterly useless. The air within the chamber took on a syrupy quality, as if reality had become viscous. The team stood rooted, paralyzed by the unprecedented nature of the phenomenon. Their faces were mirrors of fascination, horror, and dawning comprehension. Despite their cumulative centuries of study, none had any frame of reference for what they were witnessing. This was not a mere anomaly. It was an aberration, a tear in the very fabric of reality. 
The fluctuating distortion then began to stabilize, its oscillation slowing, its form becoming more distinct. As it did, the atmosphere in the room shifted from one of confusion to one tinged with a palpable sense of impending doom. They had ignored a warning, dismissed an omen, and now they faced an anomaly beyond their control, a doorway that they had unwittingly thrown open. As the distortion finally steadied, it revealed within its contorted form an opening, a tear that led somewhere unknown, somewhere incomprehensible. And it was from this tear, this rupture between dimensions, that the first of the beings emerged. The stabilized distortion now resembled a tear in a painting, a jagged rift set against the backdrop of the glowing chamber. The tension in the room was so taut it seemed like reality itself might snap. Every eye was fixed on that enigmatic opening, an otherworldly portal that had been wrenched open by their quest to conquer time. Then, movement, subtle, almost a flicker, manifested within the tear. What emerged first was an appendage, a limb that defied classification. It was simultaneously solid and fluid, as if the very rules that governed states of matter were suggestions to be ignored. It shimmered with iridescent colors that seemed to shift and meld into each other, an ever-changing mosaic that made it difficult to focus on. The appendage reached out into the chamber, probing the air, stretching and contracting in ways that suggested unfamiliar forms of locomotion. Following the appendage, the creature materialized. It seemed to peel itself away from the opening, emerging into the three-dimensional world with an unsettling grace. Its form was a fluctuating mass of shapes and textures, an impossible amalgamation of organic and geometric elements. It radiated a complex pattern of colors and light, giving the impression of an entity that existed in more dimensions than the human eye could perceive. The room's various senses and measuring devices went into meltdown. They had been designed to monitor and analyze every conceivable form of natural phenomena, but this, this was beyond the pale of nature as they understood it. Numbers, charts, and warning messages scrolled wildly across the monitors as if possessed. Despite its enigmatic form, the being projected an undeniable aura of sentience. It wasn't just a creature, it was an intelligence, one that had crossed unimaginable gulfs to arrive in this subterranean chamber. Its very presence seemed to generate an electromagnetic field that interfered with the room's instrumentation, scrambling data and distorting measurements. Then, without warning, more beings began to emerge. One by one, they unfolded from the tear, each as inscrutable as the last but uniquely terrifying in form and aspect. As they appeared, the atmosphere in the chamber underwent a radical transformation. The air grew denser, almost muggy, as if the room were filling with an invisible, suffocating substance. No longer able to deny the gravity of their actions, the team watched as their chamber became host to an alien presence. A series of gestures from one of the beings, movements too intricate and rapid to fully follow, resulted in an unsettling rearrangement of its form. In response, the other creatures seemed to resonate, their bodies undergoing similar metamorphoses. It was a form of communication, a language beyond human comprehension, both visual and vibrational. The beings seemed to orient themselves, distributing around the chamber in a formation that suggested both purpose and strategy. What that purpose was, however, remained terrifyingly unclear. 
Yet, one thing was now painfully evident. The warning they had ignored had not been a glitch, but a desperate message from beyond. And they had invited in entities that were neither benign nor indifferent but predatory, creatures from another dimension with agendas incomprehensible to human understanding. The beings were no longer passive. With a series of complex gestures and resonances among themselves, they began to move with purpose. The atmosphere in the chamber intensified further, becoming electrically charged, the air thickening as if in response to the being's actions. Monitors displayed even more erratic behavior, lines of code rewriting themselves spontaneously, as if infected by an otherworldly algorithm. The first overt act by the creatures was a disturbing display of their capabilities. One of the beings moved toward a control panel and extended an appendage that shifted its form, resembling a cluster of geometric shapes. The moment it touched the interface, sparks flew and circuits shorted. Data on the screens morphed into chaotic patterns before going black. It was as if the being had not just interacted with the electronic systems, but had absorbed and negated them. The facility's emergency power kicked in, illuminating the chamber in an eerie red glow. Yet the beings seemed unaffected, their iridescent forms shimmering as though they generated light independently. Now freed from the encumbrance of the facility's electronics, they redirected their focus toward the humans in the chamber. Another being made a fluid movement, and in response, the air seemed to warp around one of the engineers, forming a visible field that compressed in upon itself. Within moments, the unfortunate individual collapsed to the ground, contorted in a way that suggested every atom in his body had been rearranged. It was a show of force, a demonstration of the lethal capabilities these entities possessed. The remaining team members were gripped by a terror that transcended their scientific curiosity. They were facing entities that operated on principles far removed from their understanding of physics and biology. These were predators, not of flesh and blood, but of dimensions and realities. They hunted not by claw or fang, but by manipulating the very fabric of space-time. More beings continued to enter through the dimensional tear, each taking positions at various points in the chamber. The initial entities that had crossed over seemed to perform another series of intricate gestures, after which the tear itself began to expand. Its jagged edges stretched wider, and the oscillations of its form increased in frequency. It was evident that they were not merely visitors, they were colonizers, intent on widening the rift to allow for something even more formidable to pass through. Despite their advanced intellect and years of training, the team found themselves powerless. Every attempt to activate defensive measures or to counteract the being's actions resulted in immediate failure. Machinery malfunctioned, software corrupted, and physical defenses like barricades and doors seemed to dissolve or warp, rendered useless. In those moments, the weight of their folly bore down on them. They had ignored a warning from their future selves, sidestepped ethical considerations, and breached barriers that were meant to remain intact. Now, they faced the consequences. The unleashing of a predatory species from another dimension, creatures that saw them not as equals, but as prey, or perhaps even as raw material for some unknown, malevolent purpose. As the tear expanded even further, vibrating with an energy that seemed to tear at the very air, 
it was clear that the entities were preparing for the next phase of their incursion. What would come through that expanding tear next was a question that filled the hearts of the remaining humans with dread. The predators had arrived, and they were opening the door wide for something even more terrifying. The tear in the chamber now resembled a swirling vortex, its oscillations faster and more frenzied than before. It pulsed with an alien energy that seemed to defy the very walls containing it. As it expanded, so did the sense of dread among the remaining team members. The beings positioned themselves in a circular formation around the tear, their forms resonating in a pattern that suggested they were collectively focusing their efforts on the dimensional rift. Then, the unthinkable happened. The tear began to protrude outward, extending into the three-dimensional space of the chamber like the mouth of some monstrous entity. The air around it seemed to scream in protest, a cacophony of dissonant frequencies that resonated painfully in the minds of the humans present. As the protrusion stabilized, it revealed a form that was incomprehensible, a shape or entity so complex and shifting that it seemed to fold in and out of dimensions the human eye couldn't perceive. What was clear, however, was its sheer enormity. It dwarfed the beings that had come before it, an amorphous mass that seemed to defy the very concept of size or scale. And it was emerging. Facility alarms, already erratic, now reached a crescendo of urgency. Emergency systems attempted to lock down the chamber, to isolate the spreading anomaly. Steel doors aimed to slam shut, but the moment they approached the expanded tear, they disintegrated into a cloud of atoms, as if reality itself rejected their intrusion. The gargantuan entity continued its passage, undulating in ways that seemed to stretch and compress space-time around it. As it moved, it radiated waves of palpable force that knocked over equipment and shattered glass. The floor of the chamber cracked, and the very walls seemed to groan under the strain of containing this abomination of dimensions. Members of the team were flung about like leaves in a storm, their bodies unable to withstand the physical upheavals caused by the entity's entry. Some were compressed into grotesque shapes by the warping of space, while others simply vanished, leaving empty spaces where they had stood. Finally, with a shudder that felt like the breaking of cosmic chains, the entity fully emerged into the chamber. The beings that had preceded it immediately arranged themselves in complex formations around it, their forms shifting in rapid, intricate patterns. The air grew thicker, heavier, as if saturated with their alien presence. The gargantuan entity then began to pulse, sending out waves of energy that seemed to interface with the smaller beings. In response, they emitted frequencies that filled the chamber with an unbearable cacophony. The combined energies began to focus back on the tear, which, incredibly, started to close. It was as if they had summoned their leviathan and were now sealing the door behind them. The remaining team members realized the escalated magnitude of their calamity. They had initially opened a door, inviting predators into their world. Now, those predators had brought forth their monstrosity, and they were closing the portal to secure their invasion. All defensive measures had failed, all contingency plans were moot, and the reality of their situation sank in. They were not merely witnesses to an invasion, they were the architects of their own annihilation. The team members could only watch as the beings and their colossal entity finalized their entry into this dimension, 
the tear sealing behind them as though it had never been. They had escalated from meddling with time to tearing the fabric between dimensions, and now they were about to reap the unimaginable horrors that waited in the wake of their actions. The closed tear left an emptiness in the chamber, a void that was immediately filled by the oppressive presence of the invaders. They seemed to grow more tangible, as if their completion of the interdimensional passage had anchored them more solidly in this reality. The monstrosity at their center began to change, its form becoming a roiling mass of tendrils and appendages that reached out to touch the smaller beings surrounding it. Upon contact, each being absorbed in a fusion of matter and energy from the entity, transforming in subtle ways. Their colors deepened, their forms became more intricate. Then, as if invigorated by this communion, they dispersed throughout the facility, passing effortlessly through walls, floors, and ceilings as if the solid matter were no obstacle. Simultaneously, the monstrosity focused its energies inward, contracting and folding in upon itself until it became a dense, radiant singularity. With an almost imperceptible pulse, it vanished, leaving behind an empty space that throbbed with its residual energy. This wasn't a retreat, it was a metamorphosis. The monstrosity had dispersed into a formless presence, infusing the very atoms of the facility. Alarms throughout the facility were silenced, systems shut down, and every automated defense was rendered inert. From the chamber, the infestation spread like a wildfire of alien physics and incomprehensible geometry. It permeated walls, integrated into machinery, and rewrote data storage to propagate its alien code. Cameras captured images that were immediately unrecognizable, scenes distorted by the interplay of dimensions unfamiliar to human perception. The physical structure of the facility began to change. Walls pulsated as if alive, floors undulated, and ceilings seemed to stretch into non-Euclidean architectures. Outside the facility, the landscape was also transforming. Trees bent into impossible shapes. Water in nearby ponds spiraled into vortexes. The very air seemed thick with an alien substance. Within hours, flora and fauna began showing signs of alteration. Birds were the first, their feathers shifting in kaleidoscopic patterns, their calls morphing into discordant melodies. Forest animals followed, their forms blurring and distorting as if struggling to maintain a coherent physical structure. It was clear that this was not a mere invasion, it was an infestation on a molecular level, rewriting the very code of existence to fit an alien narrative. The predatory beings were not just invaders but reality changes, their presence a catalyst for the transformation of matter and energy. Any form of resistance seemed futile. Conventional weaponry had no effect on the transformed matter. Attempts to quarantine the affected areas failed as the boundaries themselves became fluid, and communication systems only broadcasted cacophonies of alien signals. The remnant team members, isolated and powerless in their own facility, could only witness the disintegration of the reality they knew. They were like cells in a body invaded by a virulent disease, aware of their impending dissolution but incapable of halting the process. Within the facility, every storage of information, books, digital files, even scribbled notes, began to alter. Texts reshaped themselves into indecipherable symbols, and images warped into unsettling patterns. Human knowledge, 
the hard-earned wisdom of ages, was being devoured and rewritten by the infestation. In the final moments of their cognizance, before their senses were overwhelmed by the advancing transformation, the remaining team members were struck by a profound and terrifying realization. This was no mere occupation, it was an assimilation, an annihilation of one form of reality to be replaced by another. And so, the infestation continued, unhindered and inexorable, a tide of alien reality sweeping away all that stood before it. In a last-ditch effort, the remnants of the team executed their final contingency, a self-destruct mechanism designed to obliterate the facility and everything within it, including the monstrous interlopers. This action was not driven by any strategic consideration, it was a desperate act born of the primal instinct for self-preservation, an attempt to halt the infestation by eradicating its epicenter. Engineers activated the sequence from a hardened control room, one of the few areas still retaining some semblance of its original form. They watched as the countdown appeared on the screen, its numbers seeming to hesitate and flicker as if struggling against the alien code. For a moment, there was hope, a fleeting glimmer that perhaps human will could assert itself over the malevolent intruders. But as the countdown reached its final seconds, the screen distorted into a swirl of chaotic colors before shutting off entirely. Simultaneously, a low-frequency resonance filled the room, vibrating the very molecules in the air. It was as if the infestation itself was mocking them, dismissing their feeble resistance as inconsequential. With the failure of the self-destruct, the predatory beings intensified their efforts. They appeared to multiply, phasing in and out of the solid structures as they continued to manipulate the environment. The transformations accelerated, the boundaries between natural and alien rapidly dissolving. Then came a wave of disintegration that swept through the facility. Walls, equipment, even the remaining team members began to dissolve into clouds of subatomic particles. There was no pain, just a fading sense of self as molecules unraveled and consciousness waned. Yet, something remained. The predatory beings had not simply destroyed, they had absorbed. Every particle, every iota of energy was integrated into their alien framework. They were not just hunters but harvesters, collecting the raw materials of this reality to fuel their insatiable drive for expansion. As the facility's last remnants were consumed, the beings focused once more on the spot where the tear had originally formed. Their collective energies converged, and for a moment, space-time itself seemed to buckle, as if struggling under the weight of an unbearable paradox. Then, with a final surge of energy that fused every remaining atom into their alien matrix, they vanished. The facility, the landscape, even the air itself was left sterile, a blank canvas wiped clean of its prior existence. The world outside the now-vanished facility remained oblivious to the horror that had unfolded. Communications blackout and bizarre meteorological phenomena were chalked up to technical glitches or natural anomalies. Life continued in its familiar rhythms, unaware that somewhere, in a place that had ceased to exist, the very fabric of reality had been torn and sewn back together in a pattern of alien design. In the days that followed, Satellites picked up strange anomalies in various parts of the globe. Glitches in data feeds, disruptions in communication channels, and even visual phenomena that defied explanation. 
but these were dismissed or rationalized, lost in the noise of a world bustling with its own concerns. The resistance had failed, not in a blaze of glory, but with a whisper, a faint echo of human defiance swallowed by an incomprehensible darkness. And though life went on, somewhere in the back of collective human consciousness, a disquiet took root, an unsettling sense that something fundamental had shifted, though its form and implication remained elusive. Weeks passed since the annihilation of the facility and the containment of the anomaly within its boundaries. The world had moved on, oblivious to the existential threat that had been narrowly averted, or so it seemed. Unexplained phenomena started occurring with increasing frequency, entire lakes evaporating overnight, a sudden proliferation of mutated flora and fauna, geometric patterns appearing in the sky that defied all known meteorological explanation. Despite these signs, daily life for most remained largely unchanged, guided by an unspoken assumption that these events were unrelated outliers, not harbingers of a larger, looming catastrophe. Then, the most perplexing incident occurred, a celestial event that left astronomers and scientists confounded. A new celestial object appeared in the sky, not gradually, as would be expected, but suddenly, as if it had always been there yet remained unseen. It was dubbed, the anomaly, by the media. Unlike any known planet or star, the object radiated a spectrum of light and energy signatures that didn't adhere to the laws of physics as understood by humanity. What was even more baffling was its movement. It did not follow an orbit or trajectory consistent with the gravitational pull of the solar system's bodies. Instead, it seemed to phase in and out of existence, its position shifting in a manner that suggested it was not entirely anchored in this dimension. This was the tipping point. Governments around the world were forced to acknowledge that something unprecedented was happening. Emergency meetings were convened, and the brightest minds were gathered to unravel the nature of these phenomena. Among the items discussed was a classified file detailing the failed experiment and subsequent events at the vanished facility. It was then that a scientist on the advisory panel made a shocking discovery. While analyzing the radiation emitted by the celestial anomaly, they found that its energy signature matched that of the predatory beings from another dimension. The conclusion was inescapable. The infestation had not been contained. It had merely shifted form, taking root in a celestial body that defied comprehension. A plan was hastily assembled to send a probe to the anomaly, armed with a payload designed to disrupt its energy matrix. If successful, this would, in theory, neutralize the anomaly and prevent further dimensional intrusion. Time was of the essence. The object was showing signs of increasing instability, and its erratic phasing had begun to affect the Earth's gravitational field. The probe was launched, and the world held its collective breath as it approached the celestial object. Instruments relayed data back to mission control, confirming the payload's deployment and subsequent detonation. For a moment, it seemed as though the mission had been successful, the anomaly's radiance dimmed, its energy signatures fluctuating wildly. But then, something unexpected happened. The anomaly did not disintegrate or fade away, instead, it unfolded, expanding in a cascade of multidimensional fractals that refracted light and matter in previously inconceivable ways. The probe was not merely destroyed, it was assimilated, 
its matter and energy absorbed into the ever-expanding matrix of the celestial body. It was as if the attempt to neutralize it had served as a catalyst, accelerating a process that was already underway. The anomaly's expansion continued unabated, its form now visibly distorting the space around it. And then, with a burst of incomprehensible energy, it vanished. Almost immediately, the effects were felt on Earth. The sky above transformed, no longer the familiar tapestry of stars and celestial bodies but a swirling vortex of colors and shapes that defied description. The barriers between dimensions had not just been breached, they had been shattered, opening pathways to realities beyond human understanding. But amid the chaos and incomprehension, an eerie sense of calm descended upon those who had been closest to the events leading to this cataclysm. As they looked upon the changed sky, they realized that the predatory beings had not merely invaded this reality, they had merged it with their own, creating a hybrid existence that incorporated elements of both. The turn had occurred, not as an apocalyptic end but as a transformative beginning, an integration rather than an annihilation. And as people gazed upon the skies filled with impossible geometries and indescribable colors, they understood that their reality had expanded to encompass a larger, more complex cosmos, a reality that was no longer exclusively their own. While humanity grappled with the new realities imposed by the turn, isolated communities around the globe reported sightings of mysterious entities. These weren't the nightmarish predators of law but otherworldly beings with forms that danced on the edges of human comprehension. They phased in and out of existence, their physicality shifting with every appearance. It was as though they were bound by different physical laws, existing in multiple dimensions simultaneously. Global panic reached its peak. Public demonstrations demanded answers, and religious organizations proclaimed this the beginning of the end times. Governments and institutions were powerless to provide solutions, their infrastructures and technologies rendered increasingly obsolete by the disintegration of known physical laws. Then, from the chaos, emerged a revelation. An independent group of researchers, who had been investigating the failed experiment, released a series of documents to the public. It revealed the previously overlooked data from the Tachyon experiment, communications from alternate timelines that were buried in the noise, deemed irrelevant by the original team. These were not just random datasets, they were structured signals, complex equations and theories far beyond any known human mathematics. When translated, these equations led to a shocking discovery, the predatory entities weren't invaders. They were, in fact, the architects of the dimensional matrix, cosmic custodians maintaining the balance between various dimensions. The predatory actions perceived were essentially acts of self-preservation, to restore balance to a cosmic ecosystem disrupted by the reckless use of tachyon-based communication. Their absorption and assimilation actions were not hostile but restorative, designed to reintegrate fractured dimensions and prevent complete cosmic collapse. This revelation shook the foundation of humanity's understanding of the universe and its place within it. The predatory beings weren't the malevolent conquerors but the guardians of a more intricate, multi-dimensional reality. By attempting to manipulate Tachyons to communicate backward through time, humanity had unwittingly pried open a door that should have remained closed, disrupting a fragile equilibrium.
the turn wasn't an invasion but a forced evolutionary leap, an intervention designed to propel humanity into a state where they could perceive and, eventually, coexist within this extended reality. And in a twisted irony, the Tachyon experiment had not sent a message back in time to warn humanity against itself. It had been a distress signal, an alarm bell rung across multiple dimensions, summoning the very entities that had been blamed for all the ensuing chaos. It was a perspective shift of the highest order. Governments, organizations, and the scientific community at large had to grapple with a new, humbling narrative. No longer were humans the isolated masters of their universe but part of a broader, more interconnected cosmic ecology. And so, humanity found itself at the threshold of a new frontier, not as conquerors but as students, learning to navigate the strange physics of a multidimensional reality, forever bound to the entities they once considered the greatest threat. It was the beginning of a new chapter, one where the lines between predator and protector, invader and guardian, were irrevocably blurred. As months turned into years, the world began to adapt to its new, multi-dimensional existence. Collaborations between the entities and human scientists led to revolutionary breakthroughs in technology and philosophy. Space-time corridors were established, allowing for travel between dimensions that were once thought to be entirely separate realities. A newfound symbiosis emerged, offering a promise of long-lasting equilibrium and cosmic harmony. However, a high-level consortium of researchers started noticing subtle inconsistencies in the translations of the equations received during the initial Tachyon experiment. A new generation of computational algorithms coupled with multi-dimensional mathematical models learned from the entities, revealed something previously undetected, hidden layers in the equations, almost like an encrypted message within a message. When these layers were finally deciphered, they revealed a timeline, an outline of events, some of which eerily matched humanity's own past, others that were entirely foreign. Alongside these events were probability indicators and divergent paths, all converging to a single point, a singularity. It became clear that the timeline was not just descriptive but predictive, and according to these calculations, the singularity was rapidly approaching. The consortium worked in secret, not wanting to cause unnecessary panic, especially since they didn't fully understand the implications of the singularity. But as they continued to probe the data, they discovered an even more concealed layer, as if it were intentionally buried deep within the equations. And it was here that they found the ultimate twist. The predatory entities were not the architects, but merely stewards serving an even more unimaginable force, one that existed at the singularity point. According to this newly unearthed data, the turn, the predatory entities, and even the dimensions themselves were all part of an elaborate cosmic mechanism designed for a singular purpose, to prepare various dimensions for integration into this ultimate singularity, a point at which all realities would be unified. But the most shocking revelation was about the nature of this singularity. It was not just a point of cosmic convergence. It was an entity, a conscious being, the true architect of all realities. Every action, every turn, every dimensional rift was orchestrated to evolve and prepare different realities for this imminent unification. And so, as humanity celebrated its multidimensional existence, its newfound allies, 
and its triumph over existential threats, a small group of researchers looked at each other with an unsettling realization. Humanity was not heading towards an era of enlightenment and cosmic unity but towards assimilation into a being of incomprehensible power and intent. All along, the multidimensional entities, once thought to be architects, were merely gatekeepers, preparing each reality for an event that would dissolve the very fabric of individuality and existence. Thus, humanity stood unwittingly on the precipice of an unfathomable transformation, not into gods or interdimensional travelers, but into mere threads in the cosmic tapestry of a being beyond their wildest imaginings. The reality they thought they had conquered was itself a carefully designed maze, leading them to an end as inevitable as it was incomprehensible.